0: I had just never met someone that was out before, like, nobody was out in my high school, it wasn't even, it wasn't something people talked about, it was nothing I thought I could be, and, you know, if, if there was a gay image in your head of someone, it was, like, someone on Jerry Springer, or, like, that, like, stereotypical gay guy, you know, Mm -hmm. I never felt like I saw anyone represented in, like, the media or the culture, like, that I would be like. So for me, I think Get Real would have just like helped me see people like myself a lot earlier. Like if I had met myself when I was in grade 10 or grade 9, I feel like a lot of it would have clicked a lot quicker for me.
1: Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 20 of the Learn With Lyle's podcast. In this episode, I spoke with Marley Bowen, who is one of the executive directors of Get Real, which is a nonprofit organization that fights discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community by promoting acceptance in schools and now in workplaces as well. Marley is also dating one of my good friends, Kelly. Shout out to Kelly because I know that she always listens to this podcast. In this conversation, Marley spoke about Get Real and the work that they're doing to educate students and workers about inclusivity some of the pushback they've received for their work, how they've adjusted with the pandemic and the new things that they're working on, and how Get Real would have helped her during her coming out experience. I hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you so much for listening. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Yeah,
0: no, no problem. I saw that Megan did it a while ago, too, I think.
1: Yeah, she was like one of my first people.
0: Cal listens to all your episodes, so.
1: <laughs> uh, thanks. thanks. I, she's,
0: she's telling me about it last
1: night. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, that's cute. Well, thank you to Kelly. Um, so <laughs> for our audience, do you mind just introducing yourself?
0: Yeah. So my name is Marley Bowen, um, and I'm one of the executive directors of the nonprofit Get Real.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, so if it's cool with you, I would like to... Talk about Get Real and the work that your team does, and kind of start with the beginning, and then go into what. Sure. Now, if that's cool. You just
0: fire questions at me, and I will answer.
1: Okay. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those who may not already know what Get Real is, can you tell me what you guys do?
0: Yeah. So, Get Real actually stands. Real is actually an acronym. It stands for Reaching Equality at Last. So, I always say there's a few pillars of the program. First pillar is our inclusivity workshops. So. Essentially, we run workshops that are based around being yourself, learning to accept one another. Um, and we run those in middle schools, high schools, summer camps, um, and corporate businesses. The second one is we also run two after-school programs across Canada, which are um, primarily LGBTQ plus kids and their allies. So we have one in Winnipeg, and we also have one here in downtown Toronto. Uh, and that's kind of open to just anyone and anyone who feels like they want to be involved. Um, we also run a merch line which you can see on our website, Um, really just like positive messaging around acceptance. Um, It's a great way to help fundraise for the program. Uh, And then we also have university chapters that do kind of similar work, but in their local communities across Canada.
1: Mm -hmm. Cool, so lots of things. And then you just said that you're getting into like corporate stuff?
0: Yeah, so corporate workshops are something that we started doing maybe um, back in like 2017. So we initially started out with universities, and from there, we moved more into the school sector. But corporate workshops seem to be something that is on, like, super high demand, um, especially in the workplace. So we've worked with, I mean, like Pepsi, Lego Canada, um, lots of big law firms. Um, recently, we did a workshop with Shaw, lots of tech companies. So, yeah, it's been, it's been something that we've adopted the workshop to, but it's been really awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so how has it differed working with kids to adults?
0: honestly I think you'd be surprised but kids are almost in some ways a little more open mm-hmm. um like I always said that my favorite age group to work with is probably like grade you know three to six I feel like the kids are just they learn and they're really excited about the work and they're really prompt to you know have a guest speaker and I find adults are a little bit more kind of in their ways especially when we work with some you know more corporate workshops a little bit more outside Toronto um more eye-opening I would say one thing we focus on more with corporate stuff is scenarios so like day-to-day things you know how do you how do you interact with people in the world around you and make sure that you're using like inclusive language and you're you know being polite and you're acting appropriately whereas kids I feel like kind of already know how to do that in a lot of ways so that I would say one of the biggest differences for me Mm
1: -hmm. Hmm, very interesting but yeah I guess that makes sense like a lot of Adults are used to doing things how they already do them. So. For sure. And I think we, they just, like,
0: my, my, I guess myself included, but just grew up in a totally different generation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of corporate places that we work with are, like, you know, the average age is, like, 30 plus. So, they didn't, you know, they weren't in the age of, like, YouTube and Instagram and, you mm-hmm. know, kind of being inclusive is, like, considered cool, you yeah. know? Whereas, like, a lot of kids that we work with, like, that's kind of the reality, um, and they go to school in like a much more diverse schools, like than maybe we went to school. And so I think it's just—I mean, I always see it as just like learning all around, but different types of learning.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So yeah, you were talking a little bit about some of the workshops that you do. So can you talk about like some of the activities that you've done it in schools and how they've been impactful for students?
0: Yeah, well I would say that you know the one of the biggest impactful like activities that we do is called for versus Challenging. So whenever we go to a school, we always have two speakers. Um and those speakers are primarily members of the LGBTQ plus community or they're an ally um, and they kind of share their experiences around maybe transitioning or coming out uh, or maybe having a friend come out and kind of what that was like for them. Um but we always do an activity called Graper versus Challenging because we also recognize that, you know, not everyone um and actually a small percentage of the population um is gay or is trans Um, but we all recognize that you know you still can be going through a different type of challenge so we get each kid to write down one thing that they're grateful for and one thing that they've also been challenged by Um, we do this anonymously so the kids will just you know find a place in the in the gym or in the classroom in a corner and write them down and afterwards we'll collect them and read them out loud Um, so that's super impactful so many kids you know learn things about their peers that they had no idea Um, just some examples, you know, that we have read out loud, or like I had no idea, you know, I'm. We had multiple people talk about having same-sex parents, or you know, having a single mom, or you know, dealing with alcohol or drugs in their family, money issues, um, racism, all types of things. So it's kind of a way for students to realize that you know, being kind is super important because you don't know what someone else might be going through, but also that you know, you're not alone in it either, um, and a lot of people in your school and your peers and in your class are also going through similar things.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So I think
0: that's definitely like by far uh, the most impactful. We definitely heard somewhere we've kind of left being like, wow, or like, you know, we've seen teachers cry. And so that's, that's been pretty, pretty impactful for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so cool. How did you guys come up with that idea?
0: Um, Honestly, it was kind of random. So we used to do like back in like 2015, 2016, we would do like university summits. Um, so Chris and I would do, like, a summit here in Toronto for all of our Ontario uh, university chapters, and then we'd also do one on the East Coast. Um, and it was kind of an idea that was sort of formed by, like, one of the East Coast teams. I honestly can't even remember. The whole idea was about, like, how, how do we kind of make the workshop about learning about different identities, but also about a way to, like, connect. Um, because we want kids to walk away feeling like, I learned something, but I also felt Connected to the speakers, and I felt connected to other people in the classroom. Um, so it kind of started out as like, how can we make a gratitude kind of activity? And then over time, it sort of evolved into like the grateful versus challenging portion. So um, that's that's originally where the idea came from. And I honestly can't even remember which university thought of it, but it's been like a staple of our program for a long time now.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I've seen like on your Instagram or on the Get Real Instagram, um, you guys used to post a lot of. Um, like students writing notes, like the notes that students, yeah. Write. Oh my gosh, so I love that. Some of them are so funny.
0: <laughs> They're so funny, especially if you get like a grade three, because we do the graver versus challenging. And then at the end, we allow students to either ask questions or write a comment. Um, and some of the kids write really, really nice comments. Um, always there's like the odd spelling mistake and stuff like that, but it's super cute.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love reading those. They're so funny. Yeah um I remember reading one that the kid was just like yeah saying how it was good to have that uh presentation and then um ended with yeah like I am a homophobe like oh okay (laughs) awareness I guess (laughs) Um. oh for sure I
0: mean honestly kids rate everything and anything (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we definitely try to filter them um before we leave but yeah and the thing is is like even that kid like may have opened his or her eyes just a little bit,
1: you know. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Their eyes might have been opened just a little bit by that presentation.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, So the responses have been good to the presentations?
0: I would say like 95% positive. Um, There's definitely a bit of pushback, especially when, you know, our trans speakers will share their stories. Um, Kids don't always get it. Um, And I always try to say like, I don't know if it's necessarily people are against it or they just have like a lot of, you know, lack of education or they fear something they've never experienced themselves. So I would say there's a little bit of a pushback in that department. Um, but again, like the good comments and the great kids that we work with outshine like any negative school that we've been to, you no. know?
1: Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I remember seeing you, I don't know if it was on like CBC or something that you went to some school and I think it was in, like, Newfoundland or something, and there was a lot. Oh, yeah.
0: That was, like, that was one of the craziest, like, stories that I think we ever encountered, like, because I grew up in a small town in Newfoundland, and I came out as gay my first year of university, so I definitely know what it's like to, like, come out in a small town, um, but I had, like, quite a good response from the people that I grew up with, and Newfoundland's always been seen as, like, you know, a small gen, and people are super friendly, and everyone is super accepting, but yeah, we had booked a presentation in kind of like the central part of Newfoundland, and um, we don't, like, there's no, like, letter that gets sent to parents or anything before we visit, because it's just kind of considered part of the curriculum, mm-hmm. um, but a small town, people obviously talk, and I think some parents kind of got wind of it, and there was, like, 11 out of like 100 students attended school in the afternoon. Um, oh gosh. So, all the parents had like pulled their kids out once they heard that the presentation was happening, mm-hmm. um, which was obviously like really sad because it was probably those parents and those kids that like needed it the most. But um, we still did the presentation even for the loving kids that showed up and it went really well. Um, but yeah, it became a news story pretty quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, that's wild to think that that's like s- what happened. And- our day and age
0: still a thing yeah I know yeah unfortunately Mm
1: -hmm. but at least the the kids who were there had a good time
0: yeah and they were super you know like I I wasn't even actually at that presentation it was my colleagues that were out um in Newfoundland I got all the CBC people emailing me before I had even really known like what was happening but um Chris and Max said that the kids are awesome and they were like super excited to be there and that You know, no one from the community ever, like LGBTQ plus community ever went there. So they were just like really excited to, um, you know, get to have us. So that meant a lot regardless of the kids that got pulled. And um, on the flip side, like it gave us a lot of media attention in Newfoundland and a lot of really great people moved out, out, reached out to us. So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, true. I was just going to say like a lot of people were talking about it. So at least that's like a good way to get conversations started.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people were, like, upset about it, especially coming from Newfoundland because, I mean, of people are like, this is not who we are, like, we don't do this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we booked tons of workshops and we still go back, like, every single year. So, mm-hmm. um, that's been really great.
1: Yeah, that's good. Have there been, like, trends as far as uh, provinces and which provinces are more receptive to your work than others? Yeah, I mean, I think there's like a lot of myths about the trends that,
0: like, I've personally spoken to probably, I would say, close to 250,000 students, like, if not more at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like, I would say the East Coast has been awesome, kind of as a whole. Um, super accepting, um, lots of great schools. I find the West Coast hard. Um, Vancouver has been tough, a lot of BC schools have been tough. Uh, Winnipeg's actually been really great like we've spoken in Manitoba a lot and I always find that I I do get to a lot of schools there are quite accepting and then in terms of Ontario it's honestly pretty hit or miss I do actually find like some of the downtown Toronto schools to be tough at times mm-hmm. um I don't know if it's maybe necessarily the size of them but I definitely find them to be challenging and then sometimes the small towns I'm like you know like in the Halton Board or like Wentworth Hamilton tend to be quite accepting, so I don't know. It's really all over the place. I think there's definitely kind of a myth that like small towns must be not accepting, and big cities are more accepting. And based on who I've spoken to and the schools that we visited, I, I don't totally find that to be true. But yeah, I think it's been kind of all over the place for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really surprising. Like I would have thought that Vancouver and Toronto would have like by far been the most progressive and understanding.
0: Yeah, I mean, Vancouver for sure is, like, the hardest board I've ever spoken in. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. People are always shocked when I
1: say that. Yeah, yeah, that is really, really surprising. Hmm, got some yeah. work to do in, in BC. We're on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, shoot. Um, <laughs> so how would something like Get Real have helped you when you were younger and when you were coming out?
0: I mean, I definitely share this a lot, like, when I speak. I think the main thing for me was that, like, I had just never met someone that was out before. Like nobody was out in my high school. It wasn't even, it wasn't something people talked about. It was nothing I thought I could be. And, you know, if, if there was a gay image in your head of someone, it was like someone I'm Jerry Springer or like that, like stereotypical gay guy, you know, Mm -hmm. I never felt like I saw anyone represented in like the media or the culture like that I would be like. So for me, I think Get Real would have just like helped me see people like myself a lot earlier. Um, and I always say that I came out because I actually met someone that was out that was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe had I not met her, it, I feel like it would have taken even longer. So I think for me, it would have just been like meeting, like if I had met myself when I was in grade 10 or grade nine, I feel like a lot of it would have clicked a lot quicker for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Like representation is so key.
0: For sure. And I think a lot for kids is, you know, if they're only seeing one, you know, one type of representation, it, it's it's really not, like, telling of, like, a whole population. And not just in this, com- in, like, our community, but, like, in so many different places.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I know that um, you typically do a lot of traveling to different schools through Canada and then the United States as well, right?
0: Um, we did more work in the U.S., um, kind of in the early years, mainly in Massachusetts and down in Pennsylvania, but we've taken a bit of a backseat on it, um, obviously for a ton of reasons, um, especially today. Uh, I think Intel things are a little more controlled down there, I think it's something that we're going to maybe stray away from, mm-hmm. um, and also we have to get visas properly, kind of worked out, but yeah, it was something that was kind of developing, and then... I think after the 2016 election, I think we kind of just put it on the back burner for a little while.
1: Yeah, true. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, and then now things are obviously super different with coronavirus and the worst. Yeah. So, um, how have you guys had to shift your work into this new quarantine world?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, this year has been challenging for like multitude of reasons. Um, because just before the coronavirus hit, um, everyone, there was a lot of, like, strikes in Ontario, teacher strikes, EA Mm -hmm. strikes, um, I know there was more strikes in the fall as well, so we've had to shift, like, a ton of our programming already this year, but, um, once COVID hit, like, we basically had to cancel, um, like, over 200 schools that were planned between March and June, so that was definitely, like, pretty tough for us, and we had a lot of, like, tours planned, you know, out west, out east, so right now, we've, rescheduled everything for 20 fall 2020 slash like 2021 um definitely looks like we won't be able to actually go into schools in the fall so we're hoping to move things virtual we did a few schools in may on the Ottawa board virtual um, i think it's still something we have to kind of iron out it's definitely different having kids on zoom and stuff than it is coming out but that's the hope and that hopefully we can do it virtual and once we're allowed to be back in to schools that will continue to do work um, in schools like we usually do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, hopefully everything. Well, someone someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how have you been able to like do the activities that you do um, now that everything is online?
0: Well, so we have been able to continue to do the Great Versus Challenging and our Q and A through Survey Monkey. So it's been kind of interesting. Basically, we'll create the link. And people can open the link up and write in their answers. And then we're able to see all the answers anonymously. So oh, it's actually cool. worked out. Yeah, it's worked out really well. Um, it was just something we kind of thought of because the workshop, like without those two activities, it does, um, it's really not the same workshop. So yeah, it, it's honestly worked out fine. Um, students, it's, again, it's a little tougher. And it's something that we still have to kind of figure out the fall how we're going to do it with them. But um, for all our corporate workshops, it's been fine. hmm
1: Okay, that's good. Um, So yeah, how have you um, been shifting from schools to also into uh, like the corporate world? You were kind of talking about it a little bit before.
0: Yeah, honestly, it kind of just started like on demand. Like I feel like with a lot of Get Real and like a lot of our programming and it wasn't ever anything that we said, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. People just kind of reached out to us and said, hey, could you do this? And, And we would we would just kind of figure it out. We're like, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it kind of all started. There was, I mean, I'm not sure if you remember it, but there was a bit of an incident back in, um, the summer of 2015 with warehouse, um, a restaurant here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, initially we were supposed to do a fundraiser with them. Um, and then I think someone on their social media who was running their social media, um, put up kind of like a homophobic Instagram photo, mm-hmm. um, which obviously isn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, we canceled our fundraiser with them, but they still wanted to work with us. So we said, Hey, you know what, maybe let's try a presentation with you, you know, we'll work with your staff. Um, and that's kind of how the corporate workshop was born. So it went really, really well. Um, and from there we, we just started doing corporate workshops. Um, so kind of an unfortunate incident, but it did kind of start a part of our program that didn't really exist prior.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I feel like that's, something like super necessary that all workplaces could definitely benefit from
0: for sure especially like workplaces that work with customers and people that they don't know all the time Mm -hmm. I mean so many of them are like they like want to be really you know inclusive and they want people to feel like they can bring their whole selves to work but it's like how do we do these small things um that make a place feel like you know you can be yourself at and I always say like small things like putting your pronouns in your email signature. You know, those are like small gestures that I think for some people really do go like a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, having people like us in, like having a rainbow sticker up, you know, things like that, I Mm -hmm. think really signal and um it's something that a lot of places are still working on.
1: Yeah. Hopefully workplaces (laughs) will start to realize how necessary these kinds of lessons are and will
0: and I think they'll get more to their employees as well, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, lots of work that the world needs. <laughs> um, so how, One step at a time. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how did uh, um, coronavirus impact Pride Month for you?
0: Um, pretty badly, <laughs> in all honesty. Um, so Pride Month is like a big month for us, especially funding-wise. Um, we usually hold two big fundraisers. One is um, an event called Pride on a Boat. So it's where we rent out a big boat in Toronto and people buy tickets and we have drag queens and it's a really fun event mm-hmm. um we also have obviously the pride March, where we have our booth and we sell merch over the weekend and we also have a charitable golf tournament mm-hmm. and pride month so all of those events were canceled um so that was definitely really challenging because you know we really kind of rely on the funding that we make in june to help carry our program through the summer and into the fall so that was definitely pretty hard. Um, Thankfully, we were able to move our corporate workshops um, virtual. The month of June is usually a month where we actually don't do any school workshops; it's all corporate. It's kind of like we usually stop doing school workshops at the end of May, and then we move into corporate for all of June. So, thankfully, we were able to move a lot of those virtual, um, which was really awesome. I'm so relieved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the fundraisers and pride were definitely definitely a big blow. But I think we just kind of had to roll with it, just like everyone else is kind of just making do with what's you know currently happening
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely tough times but yeah good that you have been able to shift to doing things virtually instead of just um kind of like shutting down for a bit so
0: yeah and I think it was one of those things where we like we kind of tossed back and forth on it because it seemed easier to maybe just shut down until Mm -hmm. things open back up again but you know, we have a pretty, you know, a lot of people and a lot of kids that follow us on socials and, you know, the merch is still going strong. So I felt like it, you know, Chris and I both thought it was either like we would pull all out or we're all in. Um, and I think we both really wanted to continue to work. So yeah, it's honestly, it's, we've adopted, it's been fun, um, but definitely looking forward to being able to like actually go back into workplaces and, mm-hmm. um, you know, be out a little bit more.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad you made that choice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so right now, obviously, our world is going through a lot, especially with things like surrounding anti-Black racism and police brutality. Um, so Get Real's focus has obviously been on like the LGBTQ community, but I've seen on your social media that you've been talking a lot about, um, anti-racism and activism in general. So, um, why has broadening that conversation been important to your team, uh, especially right now?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's definitely always been important to us. Um, My co-executive director is a black man um, and he's always, we've always touched on racism a little bit in our inclusivity workshops, especially in the grateful versus challenging piece. And, you know, we've had a lot of kids talk about racism as something that, you know, they experience as a challenge similar to, you know, when people are, you know, being discriminated against for lots of other things. So it's always been something that, you know, we've tried to touch on, but definitely since everything has happened you know in the last little while it's been the push that i think we really needed to kind of develop a, a workshop that really focused on this mm-hmm. um and we didn't just kind of skim the service on it so yeah we're really excited so chris and one of our um other speakers who's a black gay female Ray, um they've developed our anti-racism workshop which we're piloting for the first time with uh, corporate business on june 20 july 22nd so
1: yeah.
0: um we're really excited to see how that goes we've also um are all the proceeds from our blm shirts are going towards um supporting black queer youth here in toronto um so that's also been really great so yeah we're we're trying to see you know where we fit and you know where we can really make an impact in that in that area as well
1: Mm -hmm. cool that's so exciting
0: yeah yeah i know we're very excited about it Mm
1: -hmm. cool um so other than that what else is next for get real
0: um Well, we have a few things in the works, Um, mainly our anti-racism workshop, Um, definitely moving things virtual for the fall. There's a couple other things that I can't necessarily say yet, but lots of, lots of good things. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. Lots of good things and lots of momentum. Mm
1: -hmm. Cool. Good. Um, Okay. So what would you say has been the best part of being the or one of the executive directors of Get Real?
0: Oh my God. We get this. So I get this question almost like every workshop I speak at. Um, (laughs) It's so hard. It's so hard to answer. I I would say probably just the amount of people I've gotten to meet. I'm such a people person and I love talking to people and I love meeting new people. Um, I think it's honestly been meeting so many people across Canada and also just seeing how like, you know, we all are and how connected we are um you know reading notes from kids or you know meeting people at a workplace or being part of pride like it's all been really exciting and uh, I mean I would say that's that's right up there and then the second one would be just being able to like be an entrepreneur and like you know have a vision and see it come to life I think that's like so special and not everyone has the privilege of being able to have so much um like being able to kind of Create something, you know, and and be able to stand behind it. So that's also been like really fun, and a lot of the ideas that we've come up with have just come from like Chris and I driving in the car, or like going to a workshop, or being on an airplane. And um, I think that's just been really awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool to just like come up with an idea and then turn it into something real.
0: For sure, and I and I always say like to kids, we do um, we do work in the Schism um, program here in uh, like TDSB, so we do run. Um, a couple other workshops mainly on like mental health and statistics and like building a nonprofit. and um we always tell kids like if you have an idea like go for it you know the world needs more people that are having ideas and, and bringing them to life so um if anyone's listening that has an idea and that they want to see happen my biggest piece of advice is to just go for it
1: mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that <laughs> um what would you say is the hardest part about being the executive director of get real
0: um I would say just the fact that like work never ends um like you it's not like going to work for a nine to five and coming home and like turning off I would say the hardest part is like having the ability to turn off yourself um Chris and I have worked like insanely long days and um at really odd times and you know like you're away for the weekend and there's an upset or you know a PR crisis and you've got to be there on the forefront at all times so mm-hmm. I, I would say that's definitely just been the hardest part. like having it you know you're always kind of on call
1: yeah that's stressful um okay so I think I have asked you everything I mostly wanted to ask except for the last two questions that I have but um before I get to those is there anything that you wanted to add or talk about at all
0: Um, Not really. More than anything, just, like, thanks for having me on. Um, Any excuse to talk about Get Real and the program that I love is always um, really great. So, yeah, thank you.
1: Of course. Thanks for being on it. Um, Okay, so my last two questions that I have been asking everybody. So the podcast is called Learn With Well. So the point is that we should all just continue to learn forever and just keep educating ourselves um so the second last question is what is something that you've been learning lately
0: that's a good question i mean i think similar to everyone in the world or like a lot of the people in my world like learning more about racism learning more about you know black lives matter learning more about the history of canada the history of north america history of the world um I've been, you know, I've been really into trying to do better and trying to learn about that. Um, obviously, like being part of the LGBTQ plus community, you know, I've experienced discrimination in small ways myself, but this that type of discrimination I've never experienced. So I think just learning more about that and what other people are experiencing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a good answer. And I feel like it's good for everyone to realize that like the learning in that area will never end. Like you'll never fully you'll
0: never know at all and my girlfriend's been obviously who you know kelly has been in um been doing her master's at uft and they've been doing um quite a few courses on like anti-discrimination and different things like that so i've I've learned a lot from her i've always like you know asking questions about class and you know what are you talking about what's the debate today so yeah Mm -hmm. that's also been a big learning point especially this spring
1: yeah for sure yeah like this This time in the world has been teaching a lot of people a lot of things, which... For sure. Good. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, and then the last question is, what is the biggest lesson you've learned in life so far?
0: Oh, it's a big question. That's a tough one. Um, I mean, as it relates to work, I would say the biggest one is is that everyone's going through something. Um, You know, we may not, like, all see eye to eye on every single thing, but, you know, we're definitely all experiencing... Um, a challenge in our lives to some extent and that's something I've learned um, mainly from meeting people and get real and you know doing workshops with kids and teachers Um, there's so many students that I even walk into a classroom and like kind of judge and I hate that I do that Mm -hmm. Um, and it's always those kids that like surprise me the most Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah like I would I would just say that like you know we're all going through something and that I've learned a lot about just not judging people you know on first appearances on first meetings and you know, we're all a little more in, in depth than maybe we appear and, you know, everyone's got a layer and everyone's got a challenge. So that's that's probably the biggest thing I've learned, I think, you know, mm-hmm. especially doing this work.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> yes, I think that we could all definitely benefit from trying hard not to judge people and getting to know them first before. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, awesome. Thank you
0: so much for being on my podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I hope I was able to answer a lot of, uh, a lot of questions you had.